what you don't want to do is rely on cannabis to kind of help you cope with a negative you know experience you know because that's the problem with addiction and dependence is that it uh, it's an you know you're trying to cope with your emotional response you know and your perception of your circumstances and uh and what uh being intoxicated does it prevents you from learning how to rely on your own coping skills learning how to manage and, and get through those difficult circumstances and and it debilitates that capacity it, it, it impacts that welcome back to the human Up podcast my name is victor ung and today i have on as my guest dr vincent ramos he has been practicing therapy and counseling for a while now and um, spent a lot of time working with at-risk youth and veterans in coping with addiction, PTSD, depression. And we had met through the coaching certification program that we went through together uh, to become cannabis coaches. And I am super excited to have Yvonne to talk about what that is and what drew him to this field. And you're probably thinking, what the hell is cannabis coaching? Like, there's just something for everything now, isn't there? And you're totally right. Um, according to the International Coach Federation, uh, they did a report back in 2016 the estimated global revenue of personal coaching is to be about $2.3 billion. And that was about four years ago. Um, and that's also not including all of the little services that aren't being reported. So um, because it's still an unregulated industry, you know, it's really hard to find accurate stats regarding this. But coaching itself is definitely here to stay you know especially as artificial intelligence starts to pick up speed and become more mainstream um starting to do the more repetitive the more monotonous uh, tasks for us as human beings we're gonna need a lot more emotional intelligence we're gonna need a lot more creativity and emotional skills and access to intuition and Coaching is one of the wellness exercises and investments you can do to maintain that side of us, to really develop this, this social and emotional management skill within us. Um, these, this is the type of thing that we were just not taught in schools, right? And this is a huge reason for me starting this podcast and going into my work with emotional intelligence and whatnot. And I was amazingly curious about how cannabis can play a role in all of this in developing our emotional intelligence. And so if you've been listening to the last couple episodes now, um, we've definitely dove in into that intersection of mindfulness and uh, yoga and spirituality with cannabis. And in this episode, I wanted to take more of the medical approach, the more professional route. So I'm excited to have Dr. Ramos on this episode where we talk about his work working with um, at-risk youth and addiction and talking about what the best practices are in 
um, using cannabis. Uh, he actually owns his own CBD shop as well. So we're actually going to more talk to the non-psychoactive part of cannabis in this episode. Um, but it's just an interesting conversation about how to best incorporate cannabis into our lives and, and wellness practice um, without it totally consuming us either, without it living up to all those stereotypes that you see of all the potheads or, or stoners out there that lay on their couch eating pizza all the time. So, but Loki, I, I, I love doing that too. <laughs> but this is this is more about how to how to really be more intentional with our cannabis use and to be really respectful of the plant as a medicine. So excited to get into this as well. As you're listening, if you are finding value out of it, I would really appreciate your emotional or monetary support with this podcast. Um, Both will do so much in helping me you know, maintain my own fire and keeping this going as well. So emotionally, you can support me through subscribing and following whatever platform you're using. Um, and more importantly, sharing this episode with somebody who you think could benefit from this or that you'd like to use to, to spark a conversation around as well. Um, definitely share that episode. And if you are able and willing um, your monetary support would be so appreciated as well. You can go to bit.ly slash human up podcast donation to uh, make a one-time donation or uh, a monthly donation to help me maintain the fees in hosting these podcasts. Um, you'll find the link to that in the description. And with that, I will let you get right into the episode after a quick message from my sponsor. First off, thank you for being a listener of the Human Up podcast. I definitely have so much to say and express and all the things that I've experienced and observed throughout my life that I've honestly been cultured and, and kind of pressured to, to bite my tongue against. So I really love being able to use this platform and this medium as a podcast to do so. And it wouldn't be possible without Anchor.fm, which is the hosting platform I use to distribute this podcast. It's perfect for me right now because it's free and automatically distributes distributes my episodes to all the different platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. And the cool part is that there are tools to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you don't even need any extra software or services to, to create the podcast. And you can even make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership by recording ads like this. So if you have a message to send and ideas to spread, definitely download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And who knows, maybe we can collab and create a, a podcast episode together. If you do end up creating one, you should definitely hit me up and, and we can do something there. With that, let's get back to the episode. Awesome. Hey, thank you for coming on, Vincent, to the podcast. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here, Victor. I've been a uh... Looking forward to this now ever since we uh, first uh, discussed it. So excited. Yes. Thank, thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to tap into your experience with, uh, with cannabis and just in life in general. And, um, and we'll kind of see how this goes. Yeah. All right. Um, 
for for those who aren't familiar with you then maybe share a bit of your story and okay. uh you know how cannabis has played a role and and what you're doing now okay well i am a uh, psychologist um been uh, uh practicing uh, for about 25 years now all right in various settings and um have worked with people in educational settings i'm i'm trained as a school psychologist so that's my specialty but i've broadened that over the years to include uh, working with children and adults in, uh, in criminal justice settings you know so being a healthcare provider has been one role i've also been an educator i've taught at the university level for i think i spent about 14 years uh, teaching and doing a little research Come at this with a you know you know broad base of experience and and knowledge. That's kind of my professional background. My personal background in terms of my experience with cannabis, it's actually been very limited. I experimented some in my late adolescence after I went off to college. Just didn't take an interest to it, right? And so I never pursued it further than just a little experimentation. Most recently, I've gotten very interested in uh, CBD and have been using CBD personally to help me deal with arthritic pain and, and discomfort and help me uh, improve my, my, uh, my sleep quality. So, mm. um, my interest evolved though is, and peaked with my, uh, the work that I've done with, with uh, clients who uh, relied on cannabis on relied on marijuana to uh, help them cope and deal with their uh, psychological disorders um, and um, and you know difficulties that they were experiencing so uh, i've been around it kind of indirectly you know with uh, working again working with clients who who relied on it a lot uh, and um and because I work with addicts, and uh, pot is one of those drugs that's pretty common to people who are drug users. Right? And so, so that's briefly, you know, my experience, you know, in, in a nutshell. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, I know we we talked uh, before this a lot about the, you know, your work with youth and uh, addiction, uh, and would we kind of tapped into a curiosity about how how cannabis can um how to how to almost be an advocate for cannabis and and still balance that from you know working with youth and and especially those who uh might be more susceptible to addiction um which we can maybe get down uh later but i i first want to tap into then your your experience previously as like a psychologist and working uh in that space what what exactly were you doing um well i uh um i'm uh, currently kind of broadening my uh my practice to include a lot of uh, lifestyle and wellness coaching and specifically uh, uh doing a lot of um wellness coaching revolved around revolving around cannabis use like whether it's it's uh you know uh, marijuana or you know C cbd products um so um yeah so for the last two or three years i've uh you know because of 
a growing interest in cannabis, you know, across the nation. And, and uh, the therapeutic effects, right, that uh, are very sound, you know, and, and uh, I just took a, a big interest in, in uh, kind of going all in uh, and, and becoming an advocate for, for cannabis. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, uh, the more I researched, the more I learned about cannabis, the uh, endocannabinoid receptor system, and, and the effect it has across a variety of, of uh, health issues. I just became convinced that this was a, a good option for me, and so decided to commit to that and, and add to my portfolio, so to speak, you know, a, uh, an interest and specialty in, in cannabis coaching. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. where I am today. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk more about that, but I, I did want to ask about, you know, your previous experience and what you were doing before this interest in, in cannabis mm -hmm. coaching and kind of like what what uh, drew you to this type of work in the first place and, and kind of, right. you know, the, the beginnings of the story. Yeah, so if you're talking about, are you interested in just my personal history? Like, how did I get into psychology and yeah. trying to help people out? Man, that's a... A good question. I uh, uh, probably my first experience in a related field. Uh, I was probably a sophomore. Yeah, I was a sophomore between my sophomore and junior year in my undergraduate studies, and went and uh, worked at a, uh, a ranch, a, a working ranch that had a program for at-risk youth. And these were kids who were having trouble at home, either through abusive, you know, kind of home environments or they were struggling with kind of legal issues with the probation department. So these were kids that, that were just struggling in life and had problems. And so that work with them that summer kind of started it all. I had a great time working with the kids. And the experience I had uh, in helping them, you know, and being a mentor to them uh, had a profound, actually, effect on, on my professional trajectory, right? And, and it was at that moment there that I decided I was going to pursue psychology mm -hmm. and, and work with this population. So, uh, so that started it all. And, uh, you know, professionally, I've been a juvenile probation officer and focusing on youth. And from there, went to graduate school to get my doctorate. Uh, and ever since, you know, have focused on, uh, trying to help kids and communities that, uh, um, you know, have a lot of, uh, you know, problems, you know, for a variety of reasons, but, uh, but my interest is, is working with minority kids and at-risk kids who, who just have a lot of challenges. Mm -hmm. What, what type of, I guess examples or stories, if you're if you're willing or open to sharing, in, in terms of like what, how like how you helped, yeah. you know, people throughout throughout your life in general, sure. um, and and kind of what format or or what you know, what's right. the the medium and and how you support people, um, sure. yeah. Okay, well, I know um, most of the time, unless you're dealing with some really severe clinical mental illnesses most of the time you know when somebody like with the kind of practice i have where i you know have a an office and, and or a shop where people come in to see me because they're 
experiencing symptoms of depression or anxiety, or they're struggling because they have some legal issues or academic issues and being successful. Uh, most of the time, those are those issues revolve around a person's ability to cope their life circumstances, right? And and so it's about coping, and it's uh, and it's about helping uh, people reframe their ideas of themselves, right? And helping them craft a vision that is a uh, a vision of productivity and 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 being happy, right? With with their circumstances and you know primarily with who they are right mm -hmm. you know and i think that's why i've, I've always enjoyed working with you know what what we call these at-risk populations you know kids or young adults that have uh, legal records or you know dealing with addiction or, or substance abuse of some kind and these are people that uh, i'm drawn to uh, mm. they really have challenges and and understanding or knowing how to navigate you know their their environments uh they struggle with coping right and and so i i you know my job is to uh, help validate who they are help them see that they are people who deserve the same quality of life that anybody else has right and and, and I, I know with a client base that I've, I've worked with in the past most of them have you know they're negative experiences started at a very young age right? mm -hmm. and uh, nine out of ten probably have a, a experienced some kind of trauma in their life you know whether it's physical or emotional some kind. and what we know about trauma is that it it negatively impacts our capacity to cope with our environment and capacity to emotionally manage you know uh, or manage our emotions effectively um, and so, you know, it's uh, so it's a population that struggle with all those areas, and 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 I I, uh, I always tell my clients that I'm not your typical psychologist, right? And that what that means is that, you know, I I don't subscribe to a model of somebody sitting in front of me or laying down on a couch, and and that's all we do because I I rarely am a solution to somebody's problem, right? That that's not possible. Um, our problems are very complex. There's a lot of history, you know, behind those. And there are a lot of important players in somebody's life, you know, or, or uh, we don't exist in a vacuum. So I like to uh, uh, collaborate with other professionals, collaborate with other family members, if given permission. And so I come at it from a holistic kind of kind of model. It can, can be a little complicated, you know. Um, sure. But it's fine. I've been... Uh, rewarded immensely because of the work I do and, and how I've helped some some people. So, yeah, I can imagine how fulfilling that is. It's a lot of uh, a big reason why I went into this space too, in terms of uh, emotional intelligence coaching. Is like, you know, not having the skills or the tools to um, even just be aware of you know, who we are, what we feel and how that impacts our behaviors and what we do, what we care about. It was easy to kind of just let life sort of just happen to you. Right. And, and it sounds like what you do with, with that work is very important for that community, but also, uh, 
could be really relevant for anyone right to to just have that sort of awareness and yeah and and i think that's a space that is really underserved so i I just want to take a moment to appreciate that for you yeah yeah well um i i would wholeheartedly agree with you i i think uh you know most people at one point in time you know you know they might get stuck in a situation or have difficulty making a decision or in and all the things that contribute to life stress, whether it's work or family situation or finances, we all get affected at, at you know one way or another by all those. And some of us, you know, some of those situations are relatively minor, and you know, we have the skill set to manage those, and we don't get overwhelmed. Um, and other situations are a little more severe, right? A little more impactful, and and depending upon our capacity to cope and manage the situation and circumstances as well as our emotional response then that you know those capacities determine you know the the impact you know whether or not we're going to be successful Mm -hmm. but uh yeah you know i think the research shows at any point in time yeah about 20 percent of the population is could be uh is experiencing some kind of mental health from mm-hmm. and, and could use some support so that's a lot of people right there aren't enough of us to go around i don't think and and there's i don't think there's enough being done to promote right the you know mental health professionals as a, a resource to help people you know. right yeah that's a really really important part of just our humanity right is you know we it's so easy for us to think about the physical space and you know we'll go to the gym to train our physical muscles we don't really know or or at least pay attention to train the more emotional more invisible muscles here as well so um so this is you know another big reason why i wanted to connect in in general uh, because of that, but also now because of the cannabis side of things. So what what kind of started drawing you towards cannabis or CBD and and how is how will that play a role in how you help people? Right. Um, re- really good question. Uh, in terms of my experience with you know, clients that I've worked with, the biggest impact came when I uh, work that I did with uh, veterans, military veterans who were suffering from PTSD. And that was the group that really influenced me the most. These guys who, you know, were, you know, had sacrificed so much and now we're dealing with with these uh, emotional and mental wounds, you know, from their service, were uh, dependent upon, you know, what their medical doctors were prescribing them, right, you know, to help them deal with their anxieties, you know, the symptoms of PTSD, their anxieties and their depression. And most of these guys weren't happy with that, right? The, the, the medications weren't delivering the desired effect. And so, uh, so when I would work with them on a one-on-one basis, uh, they would often tell me, uh, that they relied on their use of cannabis to help them, you know, cope with their situation, help them uh, cope with their anxieties and their and, and their depression. 
and uh, and many of them felt that they were still alive because of the benefit of cannabis. So that was a pretty profound experience for me, mm-hmm. you know, seeing these guys and and hearing their own you know experiences, right? They're describing their experiences, how valuable cannabis was to their well-being. Now, now the challenge for them was that uh, you know cannabis is illegal, and, uh, and right. so. I couldn't encourage them professionally to go, you know, use the uh, the product, but uh, but we had a unspoken understanding, and and they frankly weren't interested at all in quitting their use because it helped them. So that experience kind of led me to you know ex- explore the use of cannabis further, and, and as I said earlier, the more I read, the more research I did, uh, I just. Uh, you know, I, I kind of walked through this, these decades long deception, basically, that we've been fed, right? right. And this, uh, this misinformation that we, we, we've gotten because of the, uh, you know, the laws in place that made uh, cannabis illegal. Anyhow, so, so that experience there, you know, opened the door for me to really reconsider my, my thoughts about, you know, the usefulness and, and effectiveness of cannabis as a therapeutic medicine right that was natural and in effect you know basically harmless you know but provided a a huge benefit to a lot of people yeah i'm very interested in the in that space like especially now coming from the you know the professional medical field um and 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 starting to embrace cannabis you know i i'm i'm personally kind of just a recreational user i i've used it to cope for struggles around burnout and uh, stress and overwhelm as well and it's amazing to see that there's so many benefits to cannabis you know that i think uh, as you mentioned you know not many people are aware of because of that deception because of the misinformation that's happening around it. So actually, before we even get into deeper on that side, I was curious too to hear, you know, how has that even transitioned for you been right? Like coming from that idea of, or, or your a previous perception of cannabis um, and starting to, you know, em- embrace this or being a little more open to it. Like what's, what type of resistance did you have and, and how, what's that yeah. journey been like? Yeah, uh, that, that's, that's a really good question because I, I personally never, you know, I never judged the use of cannabis negatively. You know, it, 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 you know, I have family members and friends who've been smoking their whole lives. And so, so in terms of a moral kind of judgment about it, that never existed. I, I, I just, personally was not interested in consuming cannabis right. myself. So that's really the only difference between me and, and the people I know who, who, uh, who smoke. Uh, but there was, you know, uh, uh, a uh, somewhat of a disconnect though with when I worked with, with clients who were on probation, right, in the legal system. And uh, so that kind of created a challenge there because uh, in the laws along the rules are the rules and you had to comply yeah that was you know where i ran where you know ran into some i guess the challenge of deciding how you know where would i fall you know when, when i'm working with a client who's trying to comply with his 
condition of probation. And, and I had to really push him to comply with those conditions of probation because the risks were very high, right? And uh, for them, and, uh, and a little for me too, because I, I, uh, professionally, I, I just cannot promote something that's illegal, behavior that's illegal. Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of a, a professional position that I took. But personally, I didn't, I didn't have uh, an, an issue with, with cannabis use at, at all. The other challenge that I experienced, though, was with around the field of addiction and working with people who, who are drug addicts and, and or who are in recovery. Right. A, a fundamental rule of, of addiction recovery is that, you know, once an addict, always an addict. Right? And I basically subscribe to that. That, that philosophy, which meant that any use of any kind of psychoactive substance was a huge risk and is a huge risk factor for your addiction. Yeah. So we have to really approach that very carefully. And, and, I, and even today, even though I'm, I'm a, I consider myself to be a cannabis advocate and I promote the use of cannabis for health-related reasons, uh, I, uh, there's still a little bit of a conflict, right? Because I think we have to approach this very carefully with people who are have histories of, of addiction. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. How, how do you, I mean, it, I know that that's a very new space and I know that there's still a lot of research that is being done about it and so just maybe tapping into your experience then, you know, working with so many different communities, like how do you plan to address that, if, if at all? Right. Well, it, uh, I think um, a lot of it will depend upon uh, their years of recovery. Right? People who have been, you know, in recovery for 10 years developed effective coping mechanisms, right, uh, in that length of time, we would have to monitor this very, very carefully. I mean, in fact, I would, I would really hesitate in, in, in recommending, you know, cannabis with a high concentration of THC, and, and I, I would really encourage somebody to consider using full-spectrum CBD for to get away from that psychoactive effect that, that THC has, and I think that's one of the, uh, you know, the benefits of having a CBD product, right, is, is that it gives you a, uh, a, an alternative to, to a, you know, a, a high concentration THC product. Yeah. Especially for this population and these, and these risks that these people are facing. You, really, you still have to stay away from those psychoactive. You know, an addiction is a faulty coping. Mm. Right. That's basically what addiction is. The inability to cope effectively with your circumstances, and so uh, if a drug becomes that coping mechanism, that could lead to problems, all kinds of problems—not just legal problems, but also uh, dependency and addiction. And that's when things get really, really challenging for people. You slip into dependency, you know, addiction. That's a bad, bad place to be. So, I, I guess I'm curious now if we were to. So I think a lot of my listeners, um, at least to my knowledge, uh, 
you know, maybe aren't as as uh, at risk, as at high risk as as um, maybe the the communities that you've been serving. Um, so I wonder, like, how how is this? How can we almost use this information or or this awareness to make sure that we can cope effectively ourselves in our in our lives in a more assuming that we're maybe in a more functional state but wanting to optimize our our lives or or to you know take preventative measures so that we don't kind of fall into a a uh, overwhelming situation well if if uh, i'm i'm going to make an assumption here Victor that you know most of your listeners are there because they're trying to understand and try to become better managers of their emotional, you know, states, right? You know, so so they may not at all be interested in in cannabis. Maybe they may not. So if the question is, how does cannabis affect one's ability to become, again, a, a, a more effective person, right? With, you know, in terms of emotional intelligence, well, it, it again, it all depends on, on the person, right? But uh, uh, it also depends on your capacity and how effective you are at managing your emotions. Now, now, now remember, you know, we uh, the, the the problems that we experience in terms of emotional intelligence usually is is uh, we we're ineffective. You know, we misperceive, you know, our our social environment, or or we may overreact. Right, and not react effectively. To what degree is being high, you know, how's that gonna affect your capacity to do that? Right, so that's probably the first question you need to ask yourself. If you're considering, if you're a person considering using THC as, as something that might supplement, you know, your effectiveness. What you don't want to do is rely on cannabis to kind of help you cope with a negative, you know, experience. You know, because that's the problem with addiction and dependence, is that it uh, it's an you know you're trying to cope with your emotional response, you know, and your perception of your circumstances, and uh, and what uh, being intoxicated does, it prevents you from learning how to rely on your own coping skills, learning how to manage and and get through those difficult circumstances, and and it debilitates that capacity. It, it, it impacts that and so uh, and you want to avoid that you know so the degree to which you can avoid that right and avoid you know cannabis becoming the primary coping mechanism as opposed to kind of an ancillary kind of uh, experience that kind of helps you relax you know and uh, something you might do on weekends just like anybody would with wine or beer you know all that is fine you know, so, but you really have to monitor how you're using cannabis to, to help you cope. Yeah. That's, that's the tricky part. Yeah, it is. And what I hear from that then is it sounds like it's a, in a way, a foundation that you have to build within yourself to, to sort of build that intention, that mindfulness, that those, those tools to build a, a little bit of that emotional intelligence you know, before you start using cannabis and, and maybe even like during your, your use of cannabis to really understand like the intentions behind why you're using it and, and not that you're using it to suppress anything or to escape. Right. Um, the, the other part of it too, is 
it's just interesting because I, I, as I like talk to people about cannabis and, you know, in, in terms of my friends and just outside of my network and, you know, throughout this podcast as well, that like even just everybody has such different experiences. And, um, and so that's why it is so important to have that level of self-awareness um, when, when consuming and not really depend on these external stories or, or experiences or um, even information, because sometimes that could be uh, a little bit misleading as well, depending on where you're looking. So I guess, yeah. So again, just to summarize, like the point is to really ha- develop that level of self-awareness as, as you are consuming cannabis so that, you know, it really maximizes your the the benefits in improving emotional intelligence or this this level of awareness uh and and not letting that be something that you become dependent on or to you know use as a suppressant or to escape um with that's exactly that's exactly right uh victor because you know the the key to in emotional intelligence right is is self-awareness so you want to, you know, theoretically avoid anything that's going to hinder that, you know, and, uh, and so the work, you know, the, and he used, you know, uh, mindfulness as, as one of those processes. I think that's a very effective process, right? And, and it's a very useful one. It teaches us how to become self-aware and, and be able, you know, it's just a process of learning how to identify, first of all, you know, what is the emotion I'm experiencing? You know, on the outside, it looks like anger. Okay. You know, it it looks like anger, feels like anger. But underneath that, what is really going on? And usually it's about fear and insecurity, right? That gets, that manifests as anger. So that process of, of, of learning to identify what you're feeling is, is key to, to learning how to be more effective. And, and you don't want, you know, whatever you're, whether it's beer, wine, or cannabis, you don't want it, and you're doing some serious work on this, well, you don't want any of that to interfere with that process, right? Your skill development, because this is something that we've learned over the years. We've learned that this is something we can teach people to do, right? We can teach them to identify their emotions. We can teach them to, um, to change how they respond to those emotions, right? And to reframe our perception of them. You know, we've, we've come a long way in the field yeah. uh, understanding the role of emotion and, and, and our thinking process and how those are related to our, our behavior. So behavior, thinking, and emotions, all those are inter- interconnected. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, and I love that you're, you know, you, I, you're going into cannabis coaching and trying and becoming a, a coach uh, outside of your practice so that you can speak more to the cannabis side of things in a way as a, just a, a lone ranger in a way, right. Uh, going out into, into the world to, to coach about cannabis. And so when you're thinking about doing that and actually working with clients now to integrate cannabis into their lifestyle, into their wellness, how do you do that? How do you, what, what, how do you facilitate a process for them to, you know, develop that self-awareness, that emotional intelligence so that 
with their cannabis use, it's it's a lot more effective versus uh, something that hinders them. Well, and 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 in some ways, I'm I'm, I'm kind of lucky because I live in the state of Wisconsin, and so in Wisconsin, medical or recreational cannabis are, are not legal, right? There's so there isn't legal cannabis in the state of Wisconsin. So the only source I have here, resources, CBD. So I, I don't have to really contend with the issue of, of the psychoactive effect of THC and how to help people manage that, you know, and uh, and integrate that in a wellness plan of some kind. Yeah, and and I forget to mention too that you you have your own CBD store. I think that's what we forgot to mention in the beginning. So you're, yeah, you you already do have a, a retail store for CBD, right? That, that's right. Yeah. So I, I do have, I have a CBD store, opened that up just a couple of months ago. And, uh, and so that's been a great experience. And, and so it's given me the opportunity to, to, uh, uh, you know, coach people, right. And, 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 and educate people in terms of what CBD is, you know, what are, what it's good for, you know, how to, you know, how to use it effectively and has provided some some coaching opportunities as well, you know, and, and something that I'll be yeah. expanding as time goes by. So most of the people that come into the shop uh, are people who either have a lot of experience with cannabis, you know, they've been smoking and getting high their whole life, right, uh, and are curious about CBD, uh, or, you know, the other group are people who have no experience whatsoever. And so they're a little intimidated and they, they've heard all the negative things about, about marijuana and, and they know that CBD is a cannabis product. So, so they come in with a lot of questions and a lot of curiosity. Um, and, um, and most of them come in with a lot of health issues, you know, a lot of issues related to the pain, um, maybe some anxiety and racing thoughts that they experience, right, and that they have been experiencing their whole life. And so those, that's when the, the, the coaching opportunities, you know, reveal themselves, right? When, when I have these conversations and they begin describing the basis of their interests, you know, because right? I ask everyone who comes in, why are you here? Why are you interested in CBD? And they begin to tell me about their, you know, their lifestyle and the challenges that they've been experiencing, you know, with respect to their health. So once we get into those conversations, then it becomes pretty easy to, again, begin to talk about, you know, the benefits of CBD and how it can be integrated into a, either an existing wellness plan that they may already have because they're already on medications and, and but they've been trying to cope with this for years, or they, they don't have any kind of, you know, remedy whatsoever. So, you know, we, we get them started on CBD and the outcomes have been great, right? I've been really encouraged. I have yet to have somebody come in to tell me that uh, what I had suggested, you know, was wrong. You know, I, I, I most of the, the calls I get from people who who've, have already been in the shop and have walked away with product, uh, and they, they call to tell me how happy they are with the outcomes, you know, the quality of sleep, you know, the reduced anxiety, the reduction in pain and discomfort that they've been experiencing. Uh, so that's been very exciting to get that feedback from, uh, from, from my customers who come in. So, uh, 
Anyhow, so it's it's been relatively easy. You know, you asked how, how do we in, go integrate this with, you know, with the the, the people who come into the shop and the clients. Uh, it hasn't been very difficult, right? Because people are looking for answers, you know, and and they're looking for alternatives that are not harmful, as well as effective, right? And uh, there's a lot of good information out there, and people are picking up on this, and so that they they do come in with some you know, expectations that they're going to gonna get some benefit, right? So it hasn't been as difficult as, as one would think, right, to kind of uh, roll it into some kind of wellness coaching plan of some kind. Yeah, no, I mean, I was just going to mention that this is such a much needed space that I think not many people are even aware of or see yet, right? It's this intersection between the more, you know, um, the 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 very professional proper like medical field in in going to a doctor to see you know to to resolve issues and then on the other end of the spectrum is you know going into a dispensary or a CBD shop and just talking to the retail people or the, or their bud tenders right and neither of them really do have that capacity to sit down and and work the work out all the nuances of how cannabis can can affect their lifestyle and what works, what doesn't, what the dosage level is, and what are the intake methods. And so for you to now offer the coaching, the wellness coaching as an extra um, service uh, alongside the actual products that you would help uh, provide seems like it's going to be a, a really important space to, to offer. Yeah. Um, I guess w- within that though, it's how, how do you, you know, what, what is it that someone would seek out, you know, more dedicated coaching outside of just buying a product? Um, yeah. And, and how, how do you help facilitate the coaching aspect? Right. Well, that's, uh, you know, what I'm finding and what uh, people who come in with, what I hear most often is that uh, even though they may have visited other CBD shops right in the area, uh, when they come into my shop, they have a whole different experience, right? And their complaint about other shops is that the, the people working there really can't help them understand, you know, the benefits of CBD and how it might be useful for, you know, in, in helping them reduce discomfort, right? They, they just don't have the expertise. And not to knock the other shops, but, but uh, the clients that I have and customers that I have who are repeat customers, they come back because because they're experiencing a higher level of of expertise and professionalism right? because of mm-hmm. of the training I've gotten as uh, you know to be this cannabis coach and that dimension is is I think you know one of the areas that needs to continue to develop you know in in this area right you know people are going to dispensaries especially if it's just a CBD dispensary dispensary they obviously aren't going there to get high. That's not the product. So they're going there because they have some kind of concern that's tied to their health and and wellness. And so so they need people who have a higher level of expertise who can talk to them and help them integrate CBD into an overall wellness plan of of some kind. And so I, I think there's a huge vacuum there, you know, and people are really... I think interested in in that level of expertise. So uh, 
so I think uh, you're right. I think I'm in a good space because I can I can offer that and, and uh, to uh, to my customers, right? And right. And it's been very useful. I, I tell you, I, I uh, some of my I have a whole lot of fun with with uh, customers who come in who have been lifelong pot smokers, right? These are guys that are in their forties, been smoking since they were you know 15, 16 years of age. And, uh, and when they try the CBD product, they're all, you know, the reaction I get from most of them is that they're amazed at the effectiveness. They, most of them don't expect it, you know, and what they experience is, is a better sleep, right? You know, because uh, if you're 40 years old and still you still smoking and getting high, there's probably uh, there's a good chance that you're doing that, you're, you're self-medicating, right? It's, 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 it's some kind of you know, coping mechanism for you because you're, you're dealing with something, whether it's anxiety, you know, uh, ADHD and difficulty concentrating or, you know, whatever the or pain, that's what we're using it for. And so having CBD as an alternative, right, that, that provides benefit and reduces discomfort without getting high, that is has been a game changer for a lot of my clients who have been chronic pot smokers. Mm. They really like and get excited about having uh, uh, that alternative and not being at risk of doing something that's illegal, right? Because CBD is legal now, and so and they can get the benefits of that, and they can reduce their pain or reduce their anxiety, go to work and not be high because they're. They they also worry about their performance at work. They they're concerned that that they might not be on top of their game and it might might impact uh, their their work quality. So uh, um, so this has been really important for for that uh, population. Um, I really do think CBD is is here to stay. Yeah no and and I love that and especially with your your already existing background with you know, working in psychology and, and the communities that you've been working with, it's, there's a lot of opportunities to be, to be helpful there. So, you know, what could, what could someone who is listening then, um, who maybe can't yet either afford the coaching services or, or maybe still somewhat curious about CBD or cannabis, um, or maybe feel like, but, but yet still feel kind of, stuck or emotionally you know stagnant what what could they do to on their own get to a a, uh, comfortable level for themselves what do you have any suggestions just kind of off the top of your head and what they could do comfortable to do what exactly Victor sure I mean I you know I a a lot of I, I guess I'll just provide context from my own story in um where this level of emotional unawareness and um, sort of brittleness within me left me not able to embrace even the the uncomfortable moments of life of of you know myself and it just left me kind of stuck and stagnant right so I guess I just asked from a you know, from from my previous experience, like what would have been helpful for me back then to raise that awareness around my emotions and to like 
you know, not let me get stuck in pursuing my dreams and doing what I want to do and living my ideal self and being who I want to be. Right. Um, there's, there's so many things that get in the way of that. Right. Uh, so I wonder if just as a, as a little conclusion here, you know, what is something people could do if they are in that state where I was, um, to, to get out of that? Well, I, I, uh, uh, and I think you'll agree with this, Victor. You know, the the first step is being aware, self-aware that something's amiss, and you don't know when that's going to happen. You know, and and if you're not self-aware enough to recognize that, then you're handicapped. You know, and and uh, and so that's the challenge for all of us, right? Everybody has different, you know, capacities of coping. And everybody has different degrees of effectiveness in, in using their emotions and their emotional environments to, you know, to navigate, you know, their life. And that journey of self-awareness is specific to one individual. Uh, so unless you're, you're searching and asking the question, you know, what is wrong with me? If you can't even do that, then there's nothing I can do that's going to help mm-hmm. you, you know, start that journey. So it begins with just that simple question, what is wrong, you know, and, and just trying to be reflective. What could be the trigger for that? Well, life circumstances is usually the trigger for that, you know, some situation that you finally find yourself, you know, frustrated. And at the end, you feel like it's, it's you know, uh, there's, a, there's a moment, a moment, there's a profound moment that occurs where you, where you realize that something has to change and that you have to change. And so uh, what can facilitate that? I've always believed that a crisis, 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 crisis is, is the facilitator, you know? Uh, and it's unfortunate because, you know, as human beings, you know, our minds are designed to avoid discomfort. So we do everything we can to avoid discomfort without even realizing it, you know, subconsciously, and, and, you know, our minds are is, is doing everything it can to insulate us from discomfort, which is the problem, right? It's that insulation in the mind being self-protective. So in an effort to kind of protect yourself from all these uh, discomforts, then uh, it leaves you a little bit handicapped and, and uh, you know, unaware. Yeah. But once you ask yourself that question, what's the next step? You know, then the, the next step is to be vigilant and just be determined to become a better person and become, I think it's important to, to also have a desire to become a happier person, right? Right. To take care of self. Now that whole concept there is, is a big one, right? Because uh, it, it actually, it's not easy to flip over to take care, taking care of self because that sounds so selfish and we've been trained our whole lives that, uh, you know, to care for others or to, or, or to, to, uh, it, it all just feels so selfish and there's, you know, guilt is part of that formula and, you know, and shame. And there's just a lot of things that are attached to that. Right? So, uh, which is, which is why this isn't as easy as people think it is. But, uh, but I don't know. I, there's not an easy answer to that question, you know, unless you're, unless you're course, already yeah. asking it of yourself. Right. Cool. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much I want to just keep going in with, but uh, want to be mindful of our time here. So, 
I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing the story. Um, what I, what I did took, take out of that too, with what you just shared was that, you know, our, our, our human, like our minds, as you said, really do, does everything to avoid comfort. And we, we chase that level of familiarity, security, stability, but we all know that that's, you know, even if this current time that we're in right now proves that there is no such thing, you know, to have ultimate security. So I think it's about embracing that um, and then also finding opportunities to purposefully like lean into that discomfort because our minds don't naturally seek it out. And then so it's about building that muscle then for when we do hit a crisis, it doesn't actually just spiral us or debilitate us completely because we've already started building that muscle. Yeah. Well, I, I think you, the key thing that you said, there's leaning in, leaning into the discomfort, right? That's that next step. Uh, you have to be willing to do that. And so you're, you're absolutely right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> cool. So thank you again for coming on, Vincent. Um, I really appreciate you being here. I guess actually, you know, I'll let you have the floor a little bit in terms of what are you up to and what are you doing and how can people find you? So for me, uh, here in Wisconsin, it's, it's going to be about continuing to promote not just the shop and CBD products, but promote the uh, lifestyle and wellness coaching around CBD that, that I can provide because uh, there, I got, there's, there's a huge vacuum there. You know, uh, they, you know, people are very curious and there are a lot, I think there are a lot of people that are interested and motivated to try CBD, but they have a lot of questions and they're looking for people to, who can, uh, you know, provide answers to those questions and help them feel at ease and decrease their discomfort and, uh, and open that door for them you know, with some confidence, right, you know, began to, to use CBD as a part of a, uh, a, a lifestyle and wellness plan. So, so my uh, future is, is, is that right there, is, is building that, uh, that model and that the benefits of, of uh, cannabis are available to anybody who's interested, right? So that's, that's where I see myself going with it. So. Yeah, I love it. And, and I think it will, there's, there's so much, that people could benefit from, from this. So um, how could people find you? Where, where, where could people? Yeah, well, I, I do have a website. Uh, uh, it's uh, naturesremedy.com. That's N-A-T-U-R-Z remedy.com. So it's, um, that's my website. I've got my contact information on that website. Uh, I do have an Instagram uh, page as well and I'm on Facebook right so nature's remedy is the uh, the tag there for it uh, but I welcome anybody to visit the my Facebook page or the website get in touch with me happy to talk to anybody uh, about the product or or maybe even do do some coaching yes awesome I will link those in the description and uh, if I ever come to Wisconsin I will <laughs> love to check out yeah, the absolutely. you've got yeah you got to come by all right it's it's worth the trip <laughs> yes <laughs> thank you Victor cool. I appreciate it this was great thank you thank you so much for listening to this episode with Dr. Vincent Ramos I really hope you enjoyed it and got a lot of value out of it 
if you did, I do want to hear from you and learn how we could make this content better or more relevant to you. Um, the more engagement here, the better this podcast will be. So don't be afraid to reach out to just connect, to do something uncomfortable and, and break that internet barrier. You can find me on Instagram at underscore Victor Ung or follow this podcast Instagram at human up podcast. Um, you can also find everything at my website at victorung.com and definitely reach out if you are interested in getting cannabis coaching for yourself. If you want to develop emotional intelligence, if you want to better manage stress or manage any chronic pains or emotional pains you might have, if you want to find more productivity, clarity within your life, if you want to incorporate cannabis into your lifestyle that is more sustainable, that is maximizing its benefits and minimizing its side effects of, you know, being unfocused or unproductive um, or even increasing anxiety, um, definitely reach out. I, I'd love to talk more about how I could be of best support for that. Otherwise, you can make a one-time or monetary donation to support this podcast specifically at bit.ly slash humanuppodcastdonation, and the link is in the description below. Thank you again for listening, and I will catch you.